0: Welcome to the Raise with Jesus Podcast. Ten minutes every day with the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily vibe reading for july second, twenty nineteen, looking at first Corinthians chapter ten, beginning in verse twelve. Paul writes, So let him who thinks he stands be careful that he does not fall. No testing has overtaken you except ordinary testing. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tested beyond your ability, but when he tests you, he will also bring about the outcome that you are able to bear it. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to you as sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I am saying. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a communion of the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a communion of the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Those who eat the sacrifices are partners of the altar, aren't they? So what am I saying, that food from idol sacrifices is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, but I do say this, with the Gentiles' sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God, and I do not want you to become partners of demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and of the table of demons. Or are we trying to provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he is? Everything is permitted, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permitted, but not everything builds up. Let no one seek his own good, but that of others. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without asking questions for the sake of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If one of the unbelievers invites you and you want to go, eat whatever you are served, without asking questions for the sake of conscience. But if someone says to you, this is from a sacrifice, then do not eat it, for the sake of the one who told you, and for the sake of conscience. I mean the other person's conscience, not your own. For why is my freedom judged by someone else's conscience? If I eat food with thankfulness, why am I criticized for something for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever else you do, do everything to the glory of God. Do not give offense to Jews or Greeks or God's church, just as I also try to please all people in all things, by not seeking what is best for me, but for the many, so that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, just as I am of Christ. This is the word of our God. Paul had made the point in the opening verses of this chapter, especially verses 1-11, through that that even though you have faith, it doesn't mean you can w- launch in, walk in willy-nilly to any sort of um sinful temptation that you would desire. Rather, history shows us that those who have faith can fall away. These Israelites were actually believers, and yet they forfeited that faith through persistent unrepentant sin. And the the major, you know, major four things that he really draws out are in the second paragraph of the chapter. Um, talking about talking about desiring evil things, becoming idolaters, sexual immorality, testing Jesus, and grumbling. Um, these are the same th- same sins that Paul has already addressed for the most part here in Corinth. But now he comes around to the major sin or the major issue, um, beginning here in partway through chapter ten, and especially getting into chapter eleven, which is going to be their practice of the Lord's Supper. But before he launches into that, um, verses 12 and 13 is a nice summary statement of that very first section. Be careful that you do not fall. No testing is overtaking you except ordinary testing, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tested beyond your ability. In other words, you can't say, well, I had no choice. The Christian can't say, I had no choice about this sin. Quite to the contrary, you had a choice. And Paul says you need to be cognizant and and aware of this fact that you consciously live your life as a Christian, not just bumping along, you know, like a leaf um, being carried down the stream and throwing up your hands. I don't know what happened. No, and and even the terminology that we use, well, I fell into sin kind of the same way that I I slipped and fell on the ice. Um, It doesn't really fit. The reality, the reality is that you, as a Christian, have been given a new life with Christ. And what Paul reinforces here, is that God has said that He will not let you be tested beyond what you can bear. And when He talks about that, He's talking about temptation. He's not talking about talking about the you know popular bumper sticker theology of God won't give you more than you can handle. Well, He most certainly will um, to demonstrate and to lead you to realize that you cannot depend on yourself. But when we're talking about temptation, God will not let you be tested beyond what you can handle. That's the one that he's talking about here, talking in the context of temptation. And so when he begins in verse verse 14, he says, well, my dear friends, flee from idolatry for this very reason, because you could lose your faith judge for yourselves. And he talks about, um, those who, those who eat of the altar are members of that altar. That's really, you know, paragraphs between verses 14 and 22. Um, those who eat at the altar are members of that altar. Verse 18, those who eat the sacrifices are partners of the altar and the contrary, or on the other hand, the, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a communion of the blood of Christ? Um, the bread that we break is a communion of the body of Christ. There's one bread, and because there's one bread, we are we who are many are one body, because we all partake of the one bread. And what he basically says is the same application that he had from earlier, that even if something is a matter of Christian freedom, we use that Christian freedom in love, especially love to those with whom we are in fellowship, even more so, when we have, when we have the Lord's Supper, and our practice of the Lord's Supper, and some things that they thought were freedom really weren't, um, he says you need to be even more aware of what you're doing and how it affects and how it either builds up or doesn't build up those with whom you are in fellowship. Consider the people of Israel; those who eat set the sacrifices are partners of the altar, aren't they? Don't try to provoke God to jealousy. Don't make him stand up for his own honor if you're worshiping at and partaking in the the altar and the sacrifices that are sacrificed to idols and really sacrificed to demons. And then beginning in verse 22, we have Paul really talking about another quote or another idea that they kept repeating. And this is like the, the third time in the book that he does this. He does it at the end of chapter 6 um, when he talks about, you know, food for the stomach, the stomach for food, um, and a couple of the refrains right there where he's talking about sexual immorality. And he refers to something in chapter 7, verse 1, when he talks about, um, you know, is a, is it, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. He's probably quoting them there as something that they had taken up as a mantra. And likewise here, uh, verse 23, he's quoting them. Everything is permitted. And those who would use their Christian freedom, especially using it poorly, would just keep on saying, well, I can do it. I'm a Christian. I have the freedom. I'm a Christian. It's permitted for me. I'm a Christian. And Paul says, time out. Not everything is beneficial. Everything is permitted, they would say, but not everything builds up. Paul says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of others. And that's really the, the fantastic summary statement that he uses to transition into this example of eating meat purchased from the meat market at the, at the idolatrous temple and, and whatever, whatever else is entailed with that. And so don't seek your own good, but the good of others. Um, eat whatever is sold in the meat market without asking questions of conscience because um, the earth is the Lord's these animals belong to God anyway and if these unbelievers invite you over the big thing that you want to communicate is your Christian confession of faith and if they say you know it's just it's just meat whatever but if they're like oh but we offer this in sacrifice um, verse 28. But if someone says to you, this is from a sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. As though somebody is sending before you this, this special meal that is, that is a, better, <laughs> a better meal because it had been offered, at least in part, to that false god. And Paul's like, well, you know, then, then don't go there. You don't want to be reinforcing their false belief and you want to um, keep your own conscience clean. You don't end as well as the other person. Um, why is my freedom judged by someone else's conscience? If I eat food with thankfulness, why am I criticized for something for which I give thanks? And so what he's really saying here is that is that the choices we make in our Christian freedom are very much aware of the message received by the other person. Not talking specifically about the message that we send but how is it perceived by the other person is it perceived as you know here's this person you know here's pastor Hagen and he's partaking in this meal and he really appreciated that this that this meal had been offered and it was a better meal because it had been offered to a false God um, or is he does he just shrug it off and say whatever <laughs> and so that's really the question in when we get to this this broad topic of christian freedom that christian freedom acts in love toward others and for the glory of god and god is not glorified when false ideas are propagated god is not glorified by false teaching by false doctrine and by false ideas and the false idea that an idol is anything is wrong and it's wrong to reinforce that. And the false idea that a certain cut of meat is better simply because it had been offered in sacrifice is also wrong. And Paul says, I don't want to reinforce that. But is <laughs> kind of overarching. Verse 31. Whether you eat or drink or do anything else, do everything to the glory of God. Um, don't seek what's best for yourself, but for the church at large and for your confession of faith. So as you go about your day, just remember this one verse verse 31 so whether you eat or drink or do anything else do everything to the glory of god and as you go about your day <laughs> think of the everything that you do as something that you do in your you know specific vocation whatever it may be in christian freedom whatever it may be but doing everything to the glory of god you know thank you god for this <laughs> bowl of oatmeal or the eggs for breakfast thank you god for Uh, giving me the time and the energy to to exercise. Thank you, God, for my my occupation and employment, and let me do my best for you. You can find us Wednesday evening, 7 p.m., as well as Sunday morning, 9 a.m. at 2250 South Holland-Savania Road in Maumee. God bless your day.